I have come to fix your washing machine. Oh, you'd better come in then. My, that's a big toolbox. I need to get my wrench out. Oh my, that's a big one. I'm so glad you've come. I'm having terrible trouble with my knob. Let's see. Hmm, yes. It appears to be stuck in. Yes, my husband wiggled it, but it won't come out. That's odd. I can hear music. Ooh, this is exciting. What's it saying? It is saying this is Staggering Stories Podcast number 42. to the show. This is me, a Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I am the real Keith. Yeah. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Believe me, he's not that exciting. <laughs> Ooh. Right, without further ado, launching straight into the news with El Presidente. Guide. Ah, that's a coincidence because this is podcast 42. 42. No, no, you said that wrong. It's podcast 42. The front cover to the new book, the sixth book, and another thing by Owen Colfer has been released. It looks like the Iron Chicken. It's it some kind of Norse style longboat. Oh, it is, it's a dragon boat. The book itself will be out on the 12th of October, the 30th anniversary of the publication of the first book. Mm. That's a coincidence, because the 13th of October is Real Keith's 95th birthday. I'm not sure about this, because it smacks of franchise to me. I know some people are complaining they continue it without Douglas Adams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think he has been officially endorsed to actually sort of write this follow-on to... um... By Douglas Adams? (laughs) Got the Ouija board out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know he's smart, but um, mm. I don't know. The, the last couple of books, particularly the last yes, book, yes. you really start to it's nose got, dive. Yeah. His enthusiasm. Yeah, gained. So you kind yeah. of hope that this new chap comes in with new enthusiasm and takes it back to where it was. What else had he done, do we know? This, this Owen... Artemis Fowl. I have never read any of the Artemis Fowl, I've got to admit. I mean, I've heard of it, but never yeah. actually read it, so... Yeah. <clears throat> the thing is, surely the best he can hope to achieve is to be a cheap copy of Douglas Adams. Mm. Well, maybe he can be better than mm. the last couple of books. As he said, the last book seemed to be made out of all the spare ideas that didn't make it into the first mm. two. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, I mean, if he can retain sort of what I would call the elements of what Douglas Adams wrote and also inject his own sort of slant onto the series, then maybe it might actually be a good thing. I don't know if he's going to try to copy the style, yeah. the writing Possibly, style. Possibly, yeah. yeah. It's all about ideas, though. Hitchhiker's That's it. his ideas. So we'll see. We have a new look reveal for the canine Aussie series. Oh. Yes, yeah. We're getting the first look of a new redesigned K9. A K9 series has been variously called K9 Missions or K9 Adventures, but now it just seems to be simply... K9. Mm. Uh, first series is currently shooting in Australia, even as we speak. Probably. And will consist of 26 half hour episodes that has been de- developed by the original co creator of K9, 
Bob Baker. It's being made by Jetix Europe, a division of the company that started the Jetex station, which was for US marketing, unlikely air in the States, but it will be inevitable that it will be aired in the UK. Uh, K9 himself, I think it starts off as the original K9 we're familiar with, yeah. which then gets zapped and destroyed, mm. but manages to regenerate himself into this new look canine uh, which is accelerated when he does uh, uh, <laughs> John Leeson was talking about this at Time Quest because yeah. he wasn't even approached to do no, the voice no, no idea that it was going on yeah I mean, the question is, what does the BBC think about all of this? I think they can. No, it's they don't not own licensed. the rights to K9. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The new look will be a sort of a much bigger, more aggressive-looking dog, down to stylized teeth and an exposed growl, and it's got sort of legs on it rather than... Yes. I, I assume it's still going to sl- trundle around on rollers, but... No joints in the legs. No, either. no joints. But there is no word on who will actually be voicing the uh, the canine or what sort of uh, adventures him and his... Uh, You've got kiddie chums written down here, but <laughs> him and his uh, kiddie chums will be getting up to. Do you know what yeah. he reminds me of? Skipping. Daggett from Buck yeah. Rogers in the 20th oh, century. Uh, yeah. Battlestar, wasn't it? Yeah, the original Battlestar. Uh, what did Battle I say? Buck Rogers. I like Buck Rogers. <laughs> Wallace <laughs> and Gromit. Telltale Games has released the first episode of Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures. It's a new comedy game series based on the Ardman animation short films and movies. Mm. Right, they're going to be um, distributed monthly for the PC and the Xbox Live Arcade version hmm. should follow soon. It's looking like it could be quite good. Sadly, they couldn't get the original Wallace, Peter Salis. Ardman apparently have an official backup voice for Wallace, and he's doing the job. And he doesn't sound too bad. Right. You can tell, but it's close enough for me, anyway. Like mm. when Jim Henson's son took over Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> there was hope for us all. Speaking of saying silly things... Mm. <laughs> The Sci-Fi Channel. We all know the Sci-Fi Channel. Yep, good old Sci-Fi. Yep. Yes. They've decided being called the Sci-Fi Channel is not good enough for them. No. Technically, they are still going to be called the Sci-Fi Channel, but they've yeah. spelt it wrong. It's more like Which si- leading siffy. to, yes, various interpretations of how it's pronounced. How is it pronounced, El Presidente? Definitely Siffy. Siffy. S-Y-F-Y. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a load of rubbish. <laughs> I think this is down to brand name and marketing. And, you know, getting the name on the shirt. I think their uh, idea is that sci-fi is a generic term, so they can't trademark it properly. Yes, but everyone knows what the sci-fi channel is. Siffy, it looks like a brand of floor cleaner. Or bleach, Um, Uh, Apparently the network president, Dave Hell, said, We love being sci-fi and we're still embracing that, but we're more than just space and aliens in the future. The three things most people think when they think of is sci-fi. But this does is hopefully give us the best of both worlds. You keep the heritage, but also open up to a broader range of content. It's John Major. It's John Major. Yeah, it's definitely John Major. He's got his finger in many pies. (laughs) Presumably that is coming over here too. Yeah, Mm. I would suppose it would go sci-fi UK. Yeah. Siffy UK. Siffy UK. We have to, yeah, everyone out there, not allowed to call it sci-fi channel anymore, you have to call it Siffy. Siffy, yeah. Until they change it back and stop being so mm. full of them. <laughs> or you have to put a pound in the swear box. That's it. <laughs> the Siffy box. 
Star Wars, the live-action TV series, has begun casting. Uh, Rose Byrne, who you may know from such things as Damages and Casanova, has uh, let slip that pretty much everybody in Hollywood has been auditioned for a role in the Star Wars TV series. So she's narrowed it down for us then. (laughs) So that being true, maybe, maybe next year we might actually see it finally. New Line is developing a movie based on the TV series MacGyver. Not MacGyver. Oh, yes. It, no, you, it's got to be MacGyver. MacGyver. Uh, <laughs> with mullet. <laughs> oh, God, I saw one the other day. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> mullet? What were he we thinking so... in the 80s? Why did we ever think that look was good? He looks so young. <laughs> I know. Bless yes, him. but given the benefit of, sort of rose-tinted 2020 hindsight, I mean... <laughs> you have no hair. You're not allowed to comment. <laughs> I used to have hair. Prove it. We want to see pictures. I, I, I can dig some out. Oh, God. <laughs> mullet pictures. Well, I've got a mullet now. Nothing on top but long at the sides. You've got a... <laughs> <laughs> You've got a Picard season two. All right. <laughs> anyway, Rafaela de Laurentiis, daughter of Dino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be producing it through um, Rafaela Productions along with Martha <laughs> de Laurentiis. Yeah, it's such a letdown. You've got Rafael and Dino and, and then, then Martha. Martha. <laughs> such a letdown. Oh, serious creator Lee Zlotoff. That's great, isn't it? Oh, brilliant, aren't they? And Dino de Laurentiis is um, acting as executive producer. <laughs> now, MacGyver obviously starred Richard Dean Anderson. Anderson, no, uh, uh, who was MacGyver? Oh, shut up! <laughs> who was lovely in Stargate? Uh, no writer has been named, but the studio hopes to find a script that can acknowledge how the concept has staked a place in popular culture, right. yet still makes for a serious and fun adventure. Ooh. They're going to cock it up, aren't they? They're going to mess it up. Yeah. Chud. Yeah. <laughs> what a stupid name for a channel. Chud.com Cinematic Happenings Under Development It's confirmed that original Terminator star Linda Hamilton has already recorded her voiceover role for McGee's up-and-coming Terminator Salvation. A possible spoiler music. Spoiler music, spoiler music, spoiler music. Right, uh, Chad have cited an unnamed source. What does that mean again? That means it's the person who wrote the story. Right, okay. (laughs) Who has seen the film reported that Hanneman's voiceover is in it and works apparently very well in context. It comes at the very beginning of the movie and the source compared it to the tone and style of her voiceover in the Terminator 2 Judgment Day. What, so the husky from Too Many Cigarettes voice? That seems likely, <laughs> yeah. I knew it would never stop, but I had to try for my boy's sake. That voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McGee has said they want to use Hamilton's voice as a lead-in and an end of the movie based on the tape recording she'd been making at the original on the original Terminator movie to her as of yet, or as of then, unborn son, John. Terminator Salvation stars Christian Bale as John Connor of the foul potty mouth rant (laughs) brigade, which opens on May the 2nd. Sticking with Terminator, Hollywood Reporter's live feed column reports that Terminator the Sarah Conacher Chronicles? (laughs) (laughs) It's the Jewish one, Sarah Honecker. So you're working those false teeth in for a horse. That Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles and Dollhouse 
both saw their ratings rise for the first time. Ooh. Terminator went up 20% for the mm. week of March the 13th, with the episode Today is the Day, Part 1. They had 3.5 million viewers. Mm. And Dollhouse went up 7% with 4.3 million viewers. Mm, that's encouraging. Apparently this is the fourth week of a gradual incline for both of them. Mm. So we were right, the only way was up. Whether it's enough to save them? Not so ah, sure. Who knows? Exactly. This is, is a shame, because uh, Dollhouse is actually getting quite good, finally. Ooh. The first three episodes were, for me, abysmal, but it's improved considerably. Right, I've got some Star Wars news here. David Prowse, who played Darth Vader in the original Star Wars films, revealed that he is battling prostate cancer. Oh, dear. Oh. But is responding well to radiotherapy for his illness, according to reports in the British... Newspaper. Apparently, uh, he's been undergoing radiotherapy for the past couple of months. Yeah, speaking on a British radio show, Prowse said that he was feeling fine. He's 73 now. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. yeah. Hard to understand, because they're always pictured in your mind as as he was as the Green Cross Code man. Mm. <laughs> God, that's going yeah. back yeah, Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I actually remember those public information films. Always take care when you cross the road. <laughs> cross the road. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. <laughs> He's being treated at the Royal Marsden, I think. Mm-hmm, yes. So we wish him the best of oh, luck. Oh, God, yes. yes. Yeah. From where we're recording this, I believe new series of Primeval starts this Saturday. Oh, or, we don't want to watch that. Or, isn't it, Cut would say, the new series is starting. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a few who bits and pieces I've cited that I'm unsure whether I should share with you at the moment. Why? Why are you well, keeping no, no, to yourself? No, no, it's mainly um, El Presidente of his um, uh, spoiler-rific phobia. Uh, <laughs> can't we just kill him and then you tell us anyway? Yeah, yeah. Maybe people won't want to know out there either. Well, yeah, that's it. I, mean, I can, want to know! We can, we can shove up a little bit of spoiler music again if you'd like and El Presidente can stick his fingers in the ears. I think I've ears heard or... what this is, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, um... All right. Casting. Casting the bookshop. Ooh. Ooh. Sure, I don't mind. Are you sure? Stick yeah. your fingers in your ears and go la la la. Well, no, there, no. there there has been. Should we do spoiler music? Okay, do yeah. spoiler music. Spoiler music. Spoiler music. Spoiler music. Spoiler music. Jessica Stevenson mm-hmm. has been cited in a bookshop. Oh no! Signing a book <gasps> for David Tennant while he's in the Doctor's costume. The posters around the. Uh, signing is the journal of impossible things by Ver- verity newman ah so this is mm. this is a follow-on from human yeah. nature yeah mm, and it's for the last co- either the last story tenant's last story or the last couple of linked stories do you know what i think mm. i think verity newman is river song really no not at all not no, doctor's daughter verity is jenny hmm <laughs> maybe not maybe a different daughter yeah oh right <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, in his head, he did bad things with her. Oh, bad, bad things. <laughs> bad things. <laughs> okay, off on a tangent. This, this is what I have to live with. I mean, please pity me. We do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's... Mm. It's, it's... You just ruined that story for me. You said you wanted to know. I say lots of things. I you told you. Now. How long have we been married? Right, is that the end of the news? I think that is the end okay. of the news. <laughs> okay. All the information I have. Moving on. Rapidly? Yeah. Very rapidly. Okay. Towels can be harmful if swallowed by organic life forms. And now, real Keith with his 
30-second recommendation. Okay, I would like to recommend the TV series Babylon 5. It ran from 93 to about 98, starting with a television movie, which was called The Gathering. I first got attracted to this simply because I was told that it was the first TV series out there that used no animation and no model work. It was just complete CGI, CGI, which for that at the time, which was 93, was completely groundbreaking. Uh, watching the show, I discovered that, or certainly given the hints, that there was far more going on. The whole thing is uh, layered. It was uh, a linked show, roughly in the vein of uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah, with uh, multiple layers. That's everything. The whole thing, uh, what happens in it, stays I'm happening. Cut him out. And I'm unlike most of the sci-fi in the time, there was no reason. While he's waffling on, should we do something else? Mm. Why not? Yep, sounds um, cool. Game of Twister. Okay. Not a lot of space in here. Better that way. This is true. This is true. But he is sitting there. Uh, Might complain. Tell you what. Yeah. Let's do Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, let's. I'm just going to check if he's finished or not because I think he's going to want to talk. So let's have a listen. And that went in with the great Centauri joke that how many Centauris does it take to change oh, a light bulb? God. Just one. But in the days of the great Centauri He's Republic, going we had evening, a thousand nuns willing to change a thousand Fading light bulbs him out again. at the drop of I think we need to bring in a new Keith. Which version? Uh, I've got 58L waiting in the car mm-hmm. park. Yeah, He's quite okay. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll go and get him. Come on in. Oh, Mike? Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I've been looking forward to this. I know. So excited. Promotion. (coughs) You don't know what it's like clamped in the boot of that car. I spent weeks in there. It's a Citroen Xantia. There's plenty of room. Now we're doing Doctor Who, okay? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, Where's the notes? Oh, got the notes. Ignore him. He's talking. Right. In our usual tradition of best of, worst of, (laughs) which we're kind of stuck doing, (laughs) we're going to do the best villains. Now, this started off as the best one-off villains, but then El Presidente threw a snit and said, no, it doesn't have to be, which makes me think he's got Davros in there somewhere. (laughs) Well, what were you complaining about then? Anyway, so we're doing the best new who, worst new who, best old who, worst old who villains. Villains. Now, new Keith... Yes. Do you want to go first? I think okay. I think his notes are down there. Uh, I've, I've got them oh, here. Excellent. Um, Let's have his or yours best new Who villain. Well, I've had a look, and there's a couple in there. None of them really stand out, I don't think. But mm. uh, Matron Clasp from uh, oh, yeah. New Earth, the the cat mm-hmm. woman. Oh, Martha's mum. Martha's mum. Yeah, disguised. <laughs> I mean, she she Martha's was safe. for altruistic and good reasons, but she's still yeah. a villain. She was still a villain. You know, yes. it was it was trying to help people, but it was going the wrong way about it. I'm not sure if he had a name entirely, but the Ziggurax leader. Okay. I, I quite enjoyed. Oh. He was only in, in in it for one time, but I, I liked his posturing. It, it, what was that? Um, Tenant's first Christmas one. Christmas Invasion. Oh, Christmas the Ziggurat. The Ziggurat's yeah. leader. Oh, right, I yeah. said it was, it was the posturing. It was the schoolboy bully. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get the feeling that they were actually claiming more than they had. Oh. You know, he was claiming huge Ziggurat's empire and Ziggurat's mighty Ziggurat's rocks. He always sounded like he was trying to buff himself. He's got one shuttle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He was trying to pump himself up. Okay. Margaret Slavine. How many bleeds? 
Sweden best ofs have you got? No, no, no. These these are these are just suggestions. Okay. Oh, why don't you why don't you um go on to your okay? Because you're, okay. you're okay. stealing everyone's. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Aww. Oh, it's my first time. I don't know how it's done. God, isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, his little face. <laughs> The editor. That's your best new who? Yes. Oh, he's sulking now. <laughs> Next one. Well, it's Sad funny because, now. Well, mine's the editor as well. See? We're thinking alike. He doesn't care, does he? I'm sad now. <laughs> God, I've broken him. Should we get rid of him and bring in another one, or yeah. should we give him a chance? Oh, give me a chance, please. <laughs> give him a chance. Okay. Damn. Meat grinder is warming up there. <laughs> so we've both gone for the editor. The editor, yeah. That's, that's what I'm finally yeah, speaking Yeah, I for. agree with you, because he was a cowardly weasel, yeah. only out for his own skin, didn't care who he hurt in the he process. Was, he was a bureaucrat. Completely. And yeah. he ran away at the first sign of trouble, trouble or tried yeah. to run away. Yeah, he, as I say, he, was, he, he didn't see himself as easy. easy. Evil? He didn't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see himself as evil, which is probably a characteristic trait of the villain. Yeah. But he, he more sort of justified it by bureaucracy and yeah. trying to smooth the way, because it was Max who was the nasty one, who was the villain. But, but he had absolutely no redeeming qualities. No, no, there was None nothing nice about him whatsoever. El Presidente, yeah. let's have your best new Who villain. Editor was my second choice. Uh-huh. My first is Mr Finch. Yeah, oh, yeah. School reunion. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Tony Head. A nice performance, particularly against oh, yes. Tennant. Fame master-like, I thought. In many ways, I think, for me anyway, better than John Sims' master. Oh, definitely. So, a shame we didn't see more of him. I kind of thought maybe he might return. Grumbly. Quite a few suggestions here, actually. I mean... Oh, no, you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's I mean... been here longer than you. He's allowed to have ideas. <laughs> Sad again now. Oh, bless. In third place, The Empty Child. And, uh, well, in second place, I mean, I have to say, I mean, just, just for sheer menace... Um, the guy who was uh, taken over by the, the devil in uh, Impossible Planet in the Satan Oh, Toby. Pit. Toby, Toby yes. Right, yeah. Toby yes. the archaeologist. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. turn around. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd have to say, sort of, uh, well, the best one-off villain, I'd say, I mean, this is my, this is my choice, this is, I'd have to say um, the Reapers from uh, Father's Day. Oh, yeah, the flying yeah. things. Yeah, the flying, flying things. things. I mean, they were just beasts. As I say, they were just insensitive beasts. I mean, basically going around killing one, killing everyone and every, everything in their path without compunction, without an emotion. emotion. One could mm. argue that that's purely instinctive and so does not make them villainous. Mm. One could. One could, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, they did have some level of, um, well, I would say sentience, because um, they recognised the Doctor not for what he was, but for the sheer amount of time he was carrying around with him. So they, well, they did draw back from him a little bit. Cause, but if a bumblebee came across a flower that was positively bursting with pollen <laughs> and chose to go to it rather than the less pollen-filled flower, is that a sign of sentience or is that purely instinct? No, that's just you being pedantic. OK, fair enough. I'm going to do my worst new who. OK. Before new Keith starts waffling on. Fake <laughs> Keith. Yes. What is your worst New who? Look, an episode cannot be a villain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was criminal. It was criminal. No, Luke Rattigan. Ah, Uh, yeah. He was an annoying little tick 
who switched <laughs> sides far too easily and I really didn't care when he got blown up. Oh. I thought he was awful. From mm. beginning to end, I failed to see how he persuaded any of those geniuses to side with him. Well, he had was... no charisma at all. He's a child prodigy. And yeah. so, I mean, so some of them are rather lacking in the... Uh, social... Social graces. Basics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was horrible. He was just not nice at all. Didn't like him. Thought he was a terrible villain and a terrible person. He'd be hurt. He would he be. He was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he wasn't actually hurt. Positively he went to, to little, pieces. Little pieces, yeah. yeah. blown up, yeah. <laughs> El Presidente. Something to choose from here. I won't mention the others just yet. I'll let other people... <laughs> the MPB, I'll mention my own runners-up if nobody mentions them. I think the worst for me, though, is the Empress of Ragnos. <laughs> oh, Sarah yeah. Parrish. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Completely immobile. Oh, yeah. Couldn't menace a bumblebee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to wonder how, she took, how they took over, had a vast empire. They've only got spikes instead of hands. I think they made up their fortune by being bad people in pantos. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. That act. Yeah. I think it was the only yeah. way they could really have built up yeah. an empire. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, yes, oh, they, yes did. they did. <laughs> but you think spider, you think creature that can scuttle everywhere mm, and there well, is no escape. Yeah. And no, she, she really wasn't. mobile. <laughs> no. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Yes. <laughs> and the teeth were awful as well. Yeah, mm. bad dentistry. Grumbly. I have to say it's the usual suspects, really. Yeah. I mean, well, the farty, farty green creatures. Uh, the yeah. Sladeen. Well, the Absorbaloff. Well, as I said previously, it's a pan in the entire episode. It's not a villain, but... I'm going to say it anyway. Muppets in Manhattan. So we can probably say Dalek sec for that one. Mm, yeah. yeah. The man with the Dalek on his head. Yeah. yeah. Guilty as charged. Fair enough. <laughs> Succinct and to the point. Unlike New Keith. Ah. Come on then. Well, runners up. Absorbaloff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Human Dalek. Yeah. Yep. Dalek sec. Yeah. I'm more precise in my carpet bombing. <laughs> <laughs> but, clean up, too. But I think it's got to be John Sims the Master. Really? <gasps> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, a bit of controversy mm. there. It was... Yeah, pray tell us why. It was the Joker. It was not the Master. It was the Joker. It was the too much comic pantomime acting. Could it not be argued mm. that he was in a regeneration crisis? It could be, but um, he was always meant to have a, a higher intelligence and a better grasp than the Doctor, mm. so he wouldn't have had so certainly so much of a regeneration One crisis. Thing, so considering considering that they spent so he spent so long on Earth yeah. as the Prime Minister. Mm. One mm. thing I will say: I mean, John Sims' master was a very sadistic master. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the Joker. It mm. wasn't the master, it was the Joker. I mean, no, no disrespect to uh, John Sims, he played it as Red. But could it not also be argued that he'd spent 18 months in British politics and that's enough to drive anyone? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. Well, yeah. OK, OK, I, I can take that on board, but if it was British politics, surely he should have been running around in fishnet stockings mm-hmm. and a ball whip and be discovered on Clapham Common doing something unsavoury to schoolboys. How do you know he was <laughs> Not. Oh, yeah. Could have wearing fishnets under that suit. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. He could have felt comfortable. Uh, it was just, it was <laughs> just days. It was just too over the top for my mind. The master is unpredictable, but you always think he's sane until something he'll do Silly something. Goes. Well, whereas John Sims' ma- uh, master, I keep on trying to say the Joker, but John Sims, <laughs> the master, was just 
all over the place. Mm. Mm. No it... sense of menace there. I've, I've mm. felt a sense of menace with him. No. Could, could it not also be argued that um, he's been on his own for so long, effectively? There's no Time Lords. I imagine there's no sense of Time Lords. He's got He's been closed off from time, as it were. And suddenly the Doctor's there, and perhaps he just got a bit overexcited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You always okay. knew the Doctor was going to be there because his TARDIS was there. And, well, yes, and but the you, fact know, that you he always, would get back to his as a kid, you always knew that Christmas was coming, but it wasn't until it arrived that <laughs> you got excited and was sick and had to no, go to bed for a little You're not going to talk me out of this. So I'm the, the <laughs> worst. Fair villain enough. is John Sims. John Sims is a wonderful actor. Yeah. I'm not denying that. I'm just just the way it was played. Mm, it was just far enough. too over the top. For I me. suspect he was a rather calmer before we saw him. Yeah. while he was in junior. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay, El Presidente. Let's have your best old Who villain. Uh, just before we do that, can I say quick the runner up? Run away. Run us up. We didn't cover. That's John Lumick. Which don't be mentioned. The other ones, of course, are all off and Dalek Sec. Yeah. Anyway, what best old Who villain? Do my runners up quickly now. Okay. Um, Kane from uh, Dragonfire. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thought he did quite a good job. Fairly rounded character. Yep. Melted. Mm, very melted. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned before, Shara's Jack yeah. and Trow Morgus as well. Both of those two worked uh, yeah. really well. Yeah. Again, yeah. quite rounded characters. I think they could only work in tandem, though. They couldn't yes, work, worked on their own. Quite believable. Oh, despite yes. Despite being rather Shakespearean. But my best old Who villain is The Master. The original. Roger Delgado. Yes. That's, <gasps> that's who I've got as well as my best old villain. <laughs> Isn't it just sweet how you two think alike? <laughs> <laughs> he was rather good. Yeah. yeah. As that's how the master should be. As I said, cool, calm, collected, and charming. Then, then he chops the heads off kittens at a yeah. drop of a hat. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that if you've done something for him and you've completed the mission, he would have still killed you anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. best way to describe him would be honey poured over ice. Yeah. That's yeah. very poetic. Why not? Well done. Chili. Have a sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do my runners up as he's got taken my... Uh... Oh, did he take He did. That? He did. He took my, my, my top one. Well, as, as El Presidente stole your top one, <laughs> yeah. why don't you tell us your runners up? Well, it starts off with the monk. Not really a villain, but... The, the meddling monk, not really a villain, but he's up to his own ends and out for himself. Uh, Harrison Chase from Seeds of Doom. Doom. Seeds of Doom. A <laughs> little bit as as hokey, but quite how can I put it? Malicious and sadistic and insane. Yeah. About the way he went around things. Mavic Chen, another one who is completely insane <laughs> yeah. by the end of it. Yeah. And Tobias Vaughan mm. from um, Invasion, who I thought yes. was a nice rounded character with a, a wicked sardonic sense of humour, but yeah. still a villain nonetheless. Mm. Good choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a couple of possibilities here. Well, the first one is old uh, Spaghetti Head himself, yeah, Scaroth of the oh. Jaggeroth. Ah. Yep. Yep, the count basically sort of pilfering all the uh, precious you know, sort of um, things from time just to you know, sort of finance his time travel experiments. Being totally immoral in what he was doing, but um, well, I'd have to say best villain just for sort of scaring the bejesus out of me, uh, axons. <laughs> okay. Take it you were quite little when you saw them. Yes. Ah, uh, mm. fourteen. <laughs> Fake Keith. What are yours? Right, my best old Who villain, I mean, I, I could have gone for the master and all the usual suspects, but I think the cyber leader from Earthshock. 
Because <laughs> he had more depth than the usual yeah, cyber yeah. leaders. More motion, certainly. Mm. He was certainly, for a cyberman, it was quite odd. But he was genuinely nasty when mm. he pointed out to the Doctor that all he needed to do was hurt Tegan and the Doctor would do whatever he wanted. Yeah. And he seemed to take sadistic pleasure in pointing this out mm. to him mm. and wanted his men to stay on the ship to witness fear. Yeah. He yeah. was just a horrible, nasty, wonderful piece of work. <laughs> good. I think if he'd hurt Tegan, I'd do a meme for him as well. I mean, the hairstyle wasn't her fault. It was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Worst old who? Sutek. What? Sutek. I'm sorry. <laughs> apart from... The hand. <laughs> apart from Gabriel Wolf. It was Gabriel Wolf, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Apart from Gabriel Wolf's voice, which was outstanding. Yeah. He was rubbish. He couldn't move. <laughs> he wore a dress. He was far too in love with himself. But, and his, and, um, his, <laughs> his maniacal rants were the stuff of B-movies. It was just rubbish. But he destroyed the Earth. Well, jolly good for him. He was still a rubbish <laughs> villain. He, he had the power to carry out the threats and destroy Look, the Earth. Look, I'm sorry, if he doesn't have the power to get up and go to the toilet, he's <laughs> not a very good villain. But he could destroy everything yeah. by just sitting there. Yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's just petulant then, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's just being a brat. He's a rubbish villain. <laughs> I take it you disagree, El Presidente. Yeah. Go on then, what's yours? Worst old who. Oh, dear. Where to begin? Uh, there's the master. Yeah, yeah. From the TV movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but see, the Gravis. Yeah. yeah. You didn't like him in his little the, arms. The little hands. <laughs> arms yeah, yeah. Batty used a death and was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I always mind, sorry to bat him, but it always I find this strange. Like uh, the Nymon. They always get ballet dancers in to act these creatures, and they can't move. No. no. You know, they can't. Doing, and they're also butch as well. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the chief caretaker or Kraken or whatever it is. Yeah, yep. Or Richard yep. Bryce. Yep. Yeah, pretty bad villain, I think. Yeah. Uh, Tekka. No, we love Tekka. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but for all the wrong reasons. This is very true. This is very true. And his gums, you won't believe it. <laughs> Adric. Fair yeah, we'll yeah. give you that one. Yeah, motion character. Or, or Zodin. Thought she was terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, point of all. What? How many did he have? <laughs> I, he had more than me, and you shout. You don't shout well, at him. You shout at me. You see, the difference is he made a list. You made a list with details, and you know we've got to go to bed at some point. I think it had to be the master, the, uh, the yeah, yeah, Eric the TV Roberts. Movie master. Yes. Now, speaking of Eric Roberts, I saw him in this really bad um, airplane-style film a couple of weeks back. Oh, really? It was the worst cliche. I mean, it made airplane look like Shakespeare. It really did. So, are you <laughs> saying his career hasn't quite matched his sister's career? I'd like to point out to you that he's yep. done it again. What's he done? He's, he's nicked my worst. Eric Roberts? Oh, well, <laughs> I was going to say The Master, starting with Anthony Ainley. The, the acting, well, the, the way it was written started off as a capable villain that rapidly, each time, descended into pantomime. Yeah. That I thought couldn't get any worse until we had the Eric Roberts <laughs> Master. Anthony Ainley needed a cloak to sweep yeah, round himself end, like mm, the hooded claw. By the end, definitely, yeah. <laughs> As I said, I don't 
blame the actor for that. It was the way it was written. Yeah. You know, they just, they just didn't have any stories for the master, so... Mm. And after they'd got rid of he they'd run out of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Crumbly, I believe that leaves you. Yes, um, I wouldn't say it's my worst villain, but the most unconvincing. I mean, it has to be, um, well, Planet of the Spiders. <laughs> Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> the great Didn't one. Did you like them? Did they not make you think of spiders? No, they just made me think of plastic things you buy in joke shops. Where did that come from? Sorry. You're a very odd person. <laughs> You're very strange. Okay, so that's the end of our best and worst villains. If you agree with us, if you have some best and worst villains of your own, if you'd like us to stop doing this nonsense, <laughs> feel free to get in touch at show at staggering stories dot net. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Which takes us neatly into Attack of the Cybermen. Excellent. We've been watching a DVD again. (laughs) Another one. Yes, haven't we, Just? And I think (laughs) we all agree we owe El Presidente an apology because... Actually, I was thinking a good kicking, but okay. (laughs) Either will do, but we'll apologise first. (laughs) Okay. I sat down with my cup of coffee, ready to watch Attack of the Cybermen, ready to laugh like a drain. And cringe. Mm. And it was actually really good. <laughs> what is it? It wasn't as bad as I remember it. No, it wasn't give bad you that. at all, I'll apart from that. Sarah Green. It was actually a damn good story. I do actually remember uh, watching that when it's first broadcast. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Oh, okay. No, uh, the scene that I remember is um, we're Lytton and um, what's the uh, Yorkshire guy's name? Oh, Brian Griffiths. Glover. Brian Griffiths. Glover. Griffiths. Yeah. Griffiths. They're being interrogated by the cyber commander. <laughs> yeah. He just turns around and says, yes, things are getting tough, aren't they? And um, the cyber leader puts his hands on the side of his head. Yeah. Push. Yeah, pushes. And just, <laughs> I mean, the cyber, all cyber commanders, they're very matter of fact. And they just yeah. say, if you do that again, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was some... Um, speaking of Lytton, was it Maurice Colburn? Yes. He's the one of the very few people who do proper I'm being threatened by a Cyberman acting. When the Cyber leader pushes him into his, sho- pushes into his yeah. shoulder, yeah. Mm. other actors would just stand there and look frightened, but he actually winced and, yeah. ooh, that really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed with that. <laughs> of course, the only other... There was only one or two bad things about Attack of the Cybermen that was the... Well, that can be encompassed in the whole let's fix the chameleon circuit for no readily apparent mm, reason yes. plot thread. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. Um, it's an interesting piece of trivia. When the TARDIS turned into that organ, and yeah, the Doctor played that little uh, what's it, um, Takata. Yeah, he actually learned how to play yes. that. So he got yeah. the right key sequence on the uh, keyboard. Yeah, he's yeah still, excellent. He still knows how to play that. Mm. Yeah. Is that the Colin Baker? The, the yeah. Colin Baker. Yes, yeah. the Colin Baker. May ketchup and mashed potato be upon See, that's how good he is, that he would do that. <laughs> I think for me at the time, and also re-watching it, what irked me was how easily the Cybermen were destroyed. 
It, with bullets and, and, and... Bullets, maybe, but They're straight into weapon. the mouth. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I can understand empty that. Empty a clip into the... Yeah, empty mm. a clip into the mouth, but that, that one from long distance with the, with the screaming and the green spray. And the green spray. spurt. Oh, yeah. We don't know if it died, though. It shouldn't have been damaged at all. I think there was uh, David Banks' cyber book, mm-hmm. Simon book mm-hmm. David Simon Banks yeah. wrote. It explains that the armour was weakened due to uh, temporal instability of the time travelling. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's retroactive. <laughs> But it uh, still doesn't. The uh, the painting, yeah, painted in black, didn't they? Some of these sides. Yeah, so, so that, 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 that I thought was yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that I thought was a nice idea, sort of camouflaged Cybermen yeah. painted in black. I'd like to have seen uh, Desert Storm Cybermen <laughs> or uh, Jungle Warfare Cybermen. Yeah, 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 all, all painted the colours. Yeah. One thing, uh, real Keith and I, as sad fans, were doing um, the battle in the TARDIS at the ends with gunfire going off at random points we were sitting there shaking our heads going should have been allowed yeah shouldn't have happened mm. no it's in shouldn't. a state of temporal grace yeah yeah <laughs> which is when our constructs got up and left the room oh, yeah. but sort of going back to that and slightly going back to the chameleon circuit i love the interior of the tardis at that point oh the wires coming out of the you get the idea that it is an old ramshackled mm. fall into mm. a part you know part ship with bits of the a uh, couple of roundels missing not necessarily the circuit built behind, but the wires dangling out. Yeah. You know, you get the idea that it is 500 years old. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> Mind you, I mean, I must go back to a pet subject of mine uh, concerning the Cybermen, and that is <laughs> the body acting. Yes. I mean, <laughs> wobbly head acting. Wobbly head acting, pelvic thrusts, you name it, they were doing it. <laughs> What do you mean when they cut? They can't talk unless they're moving their yeah, heads from side their to side. Or, or You've got no idea bodies. who's actually talking mm, except yeah. for the one that is wobbling yeah, in the wobbling corner. Around. Yeah. Or the cyber controller with his kind of mm. robotic move. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fat controller. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my opinion was the cyber controller had crapped himself. <laughs> yeah. The way he was yeah. walking, you know, rather gingerly. <laughs> and. <laughs> As as for the second in command, I mean, I thought the cyber, the uh, cyber lieutenant in uh, Earthshock was bad enough, but I mean, this one, he he sounded like a cross between Kermit. And the speaking clock. The speak well, very, very valid point. The speaking clock and the guy, uh, the vocalist from Canned Heat. <laughs> yeah, it was. It might have been. <laughs> just go back to the ship, Commander. That sounded like Beryl Reed from Earthshot. <laughs> ah, she wasn't killed. Overall, it's quite a dark... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Full of humour. Mm. I, I, dark humour. Certainly by the end of it, I get the idea that it was more written for um, the Fifth Doctor. Events get away from the Sixth Doctor. Yes. At some point in time, he just gets carried along, which was more of a Fifth Doctor... Trait. Trait. Yeah. He got desperate. He saved the day, but only by sheer desperate means. Mm. Mm. I mean, one thing I will point out, I mean, apparently there were, there were quite a few complaints about the scene where uh, Listen is being tortured. Yeah. And yes. having his hands crushed. Well, there were a couple of things... That were, if I was watching it, if it was um, being shown for the first time now and I was watching it with um, kids the age that it was aimed for, that I would complain about. And the first one was Perry um, hefting a gun. Yeah. It's not mm. as if it was a super-duper ray gun that you know doesn't exist. She was actually pointing a revolver at people. Yeah. Well, even the doctor was. Well, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and doc- I don't agree with that. I don't think they should have done that at all. And what did the doctor say at one point? OK, Perry, shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly he wasn't. Yeah, uh, no, but even, even so. Yeah, but he shouldn't He shouldn't be encouraging people to mess around with weapons that are... Well, seeing he was fresh out really? of regeneration, I mean, he was still a little unstable. Mm. But it seems, to my mind, during this period of the show, someone somewhere decided that we're going to make it more adult, and they fell into the old trap of adults means sex and violence. Yeah, yeah. and they weren't allowed to show mm. the sex, so they stuck with the violence. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, Perry in a... Yeah, they got as far Perry's as virtually well, nothing. Yeah. They got as far as they could with Perry, but they went the other way with violence. I don't think she was physically able to take anything else off. Yeah, <laughs> because I do remember in the Doctor Who Monthly an interview with John Nathan Turner when he took over in the last Tom Baker reign, mm-hmm. stating that we would never show blood, we would never show anybody being killed with a knife or anything like that. And that's what they did this season. Yeah. yeah. I, I think part of it also was a 45-minute. They had a lot of time to fill, a lot of background they could build on. Because it's a longer build-up to a cliffhanger, they have these little mini bits as they go through, building up the characters of the guest artists. That was, to my mind, that's good. I, like, I prefer the pacing oh, yeah. of that than the old 25-minute format. Which could be rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always Rather. rushing to well, the, get to it. Yeah, they're coming out of one cliffhanger, going straight back into the next yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of running around corridors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there again, I mean, in the first episode, I mean, how long was it before we actually caught sight of the Cyberman? It must have been a good twenty-five minutes or so. I don't mind that so yeah. much, no. as long as the story leading up to it is gripping. Mm-hmm. I like the whole backstory of Lytton pretending to do this diamond job. That's nice. That's new territory for Doctor. That's kind of like real cops and robbers <laughs> yeah, yeah. program. And I, I personally, I think we should make a small shout out to Davros out of makeup. Yeah. Oh, he got killed with the most pitifully tame chop on the neck by yeah. a Cyberman, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> and he waited a good he five sta- seconds for the staggered, yeah. <laughs> He staggered over the set. Yeah. He had to, yeah, because apparently he had to cover up a wire on the floor. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That um, was arguably one of the worst cliffhangers in the world. You know, it's everybody shout no at the top of our voices a few times and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the same one they used in Earthshock? I think so, yeah. Oh, was Something it? Along those lines. Exactly yeah. the same cliffhanger. Oh, We're about Lord. to kill uh, Tegan. Mm, that's yeah. Right. But with better music. <laughs> Much the same, I think, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I was exactly too busy listening to people shout no. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to see Lisbon back as well. Yes. Very much mm, so. Yeah. It's a shame they killed him off. He was one of my mm. favourite characters. Another um, good guest star was Faith Brown. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Rather amply endowed yeah, cryo. It was the only way you could tell it was her, wasn't it? <laughs> that reminds me. Yeah. Would you like to hear my um, Cyberman and Cryon joke? Oh, God, I've mm. heard it. Go on. What is the difference between a Cyberman and a Cryon? We don't, don't know, know what, what is, is the, the difference, difference between, between a Cyberman, Cyberman and a Cryon. You can't draw a picture with a packet of Cybermen. Oh. I told you it wasn't worth <laughs> it. It was a good joke. God. One thing I did like about the whole story is you got the premise that it was the Time Lords that set the Doctor up to be here. Oh, of course, yeah. He, and, he clicks at the yeah, end. And the, the, end. It's a, the whole thing that he needs to do is just hand over one sonic lant. I just... I like the idea that he, it's not really about him. It's just That's this all he's got one to do. action. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What do we think of the cryons? I was in two minds about the cryons. You just want to go around popping their costume because yeah. it was bubble wrap, wasn't yeah. it? I, can <laughs> see, I 
I liked the idea behind it, sort of the mother of pearl look. Mm. But it yeah. didn't, and and the big it must have been a bugger to wear because those oh, masks those, had big yeah. magnifiers yeah, big, lens from the, the eyes. Touchy feely, the touchy feeliness about them. Yeah. The hands mm. were always moving, moving and waving, yeah. and they waving. were very tactile. Mm. Yeah, she, yeah, she got groped from many a corner, did mm. Perry? Yes, yeah, she did. Lucky old Perry. But yeah, I I think it somewhere fell down in its actual presentation. Yeah. Mm. I thought they were okay. They had the basic uh, blocks of characters there. I mean, the Sarah Green cryon yeah. was a bit thick. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I mean, stepping out in slow motion as a Cyberman's about to fight, you know, that's one of the brightest yeah. things and, to do. And, and, and what was the line? You, you never were very bright. <laughs> if you killed her, I wouldn't have to be. Yeah, <laughs> logic there. Mm. Mind you, one thing I did find disturbing about the Cybermen were the rogue ones. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, they were completely bananas. They that- really were. Mm. So that that was another missed op- missed opportunity. I mm. don't think we could did enough with them. That was a blink no. and you miss it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I think the original plan was to have a small army of them, effectively roaming around the tombs. Yeah. So Not the budget for it. Yeah. Mm. Well, the, again, yeah. So they didn't really have the budget for the tombs. Well, if the you tombs, com- yeah, very different. If you compare them to the uh, tomb tombs, the tomb tombs. Tomb tombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it doesn't help that. Um, Tomb of the Cybermen was black and white, and yeah. it was much more atmospheric yeah. and black and white, and I think the same would have applied Helped. to Attack of the Cybermen. Yeah. Well, they could have built it in black and white instead of, you know, very m- muted monotone colours instead of it being... Garishly go- 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and I think none of the, one of the other problems with this, it was very insular. Only the fans would know and recognise and understand. I don't think that really mattered. I no. think the story was yeah. strong enough... Mm to hold up despite that there, there were lots of throwbacks to the old yeah old who yeah it totters was, lane it was looking totters lane uh the uh, a misspelling of foreman yes yeah. <laughs> Mo- mondas yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in and the 86 and, yeah tell invasion yeah. yeah exactly mm-hmm. that's it. oh I, that was one thing i did notice i was very impressed with the sewer sets yeah. You could actually yeah. see where the money was spent. It wasn't spent on the tombs, it was, it was spent, spent on the sewer. On the sewer. <laughs> they sets. did spend about most of the first episode in the, in yeah. the sewer yeah. as well. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so just Going back to things that we found disturbing, the Faith Brown character, I think it was Flast, she was essentially on a suicide mission and the doctor oh, let right. her do it. Mm. There yeah. could there's so many ways he could have Remote, saved her yeah. from doing mm, that. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, given the uh, time period between them leaving and the um, tombs blowing up, the cryons wouldn't have been able to get out. So mm. he left mm-hmm. them there. He yeah. knew they would die, and he just wished them good luck and left them there. Yeah. Mm. Very undoctorous. Mm. Did end, you know, in a very sombre note. Yeah. 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 So do we recommend people go out and buy Attack of the Cybermen? Mm. Yes. I yes, suppose so. I recommend it. I suppose so. As yeah. long as you go in without any too many high hopes. No, it's a damn good <laughs> story. Good. Shane Bowtell beats the Stratton. That reminds me, when um, Stratton puts the head on, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he look like Beaker from the Muppet yeah. Show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good characters. Shame yeah. they were killed off, so mm. out of off hand. Pointless. Throw away. Pointless, yeah. Yeah. Pointless yeah. death. Yeah. Tea is now available in easy-to-swallow capsules. Okay, three of us have been to the cinema. Yes, yes. One of us hasn't. No. We went to see The Watchmen. El Presidente, what in particular was good about Watchmen? Very well presented. It was 1985. Yep. 
and you could believe it was 1985. Okay, obviously an alternate 1985. No, that was, that's, the whole thing was an alternate world. Yeah. It's very, again, very dark. Bits of humour, though not too much. Good-ish storyline. I mean, the villain I found a bit predictable. Oh, what, the um, Nazi youth guy? <laughs> yeah. Just giving away the ending. <laughs> <laughs> but some great characters as well. Yeah. Um, Have you actually read... The Watchmen. I haven't read right, the I, original comics and or graphic novels. Uh, I, I have. And it does stick faithfully to the book, perhaps a little bit too faithfully and to some extent i mean literally there are you could say it was a more of a homage to the the uh, graphic novel because various scenes word for word and more or less movement for movement oh, really? are matched yes i know some of the iconic shots from the comic the smiley uh, face on the moon on, on, yeah. on mars should i say yeah yeah and in the window with um rorschach at the beginning all that yes. sort of stuff is taken directly from the oh, comic. Yeah. but as comic adaptions go uh, it felt like a film yeah. yeah like a comic book i don't know I preferred this sort of this method of filmmaking to you know Batman and Superman everyone knows Batman Superman etc as a comic book but the films are really really slick this mm. to me felt more like a comic book it felt more random okay. and I, I just love the jumping from one scene to another and not quite knowing what's going on until you're a couple of minutes into the scene. I thought the characters were stronger. Yep. I was yeah, a bit yes. disappointed that we didn't get more um, backstory for some of them. Yes. Apart yeah. from, Comedian what was his name? Dr. Do- Manhattan. Wasn't he like um, a scene from News at 10? <laughs> 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 Whenever he walked oh. on, it was... Here we go, yes. <laughs> yep. He was lovely. Dr. Man- for people who don't understand out there, Dr. Manhattan quite often appeared naked. Stark, bollock, naked. <laughs> and blue. And, oh, and blue. So and a light blue. blue. One thing I wasn't clear on, although I believe none of the characters apart from Dr. Manhattan had were super-powered, but to me it seemed like most of them had a super speed, super certain, strength. Certainly certain yeah. abilities, yeah. yeah. Super Matrix moves, yeah. 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 But one thing I, I liked, it was certainly the presentation that going into some of the scenes was very stylized not quite but but almost in the style of a 300 film that was out a couple of years ago that that was very stylized that's what i mean by comic book like it's almost as if you've turned a page and here's your next scene we spoke about amusing moments i just say my favorite bit was the dwarf flushing (laughs) yes yes You'll know what I mean when you go when and see you, it. See that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think my fairly amusing scene was two of them, both featuring Dr. Manhattan as one, dare I say it, the sex scene. Ah, oh, with the multiple hands. With the multiple hands. <laughs> yeah. And and two, when Dr. Manhattan took the woman to Mars and then suddenly remembered that he that needed... she needed oxygen. She needed to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, it's been so long since I have, I forget about these things. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit worrying. This person can destroy the universe mm. and yeah. forget silly things like mm. humans need oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> On the whole... Good. I mean, as you were saying, great characters. Particular highlight for me, characters are obviously Warshak. Yes. Mm. It's done really well. But Warshak is certainly... So some extent was a psychopath he was worse than oh, yeah. or as worse as the people he fought well he seemed um in many respects he seemed calm and straight until you take his mask off and then yeah. he's a wreck well he was mm. he was a swan it was cool calm and grace above the surface beneath the surface legs going like buggery just to stay in position yeah it was all beneath the surface with him and i I like the fact that the so-called superheroes even though they didn't have any powers the comedian yeah what a 
gets. Yeah, he, he, again, he's another one is his worse, if yeah. not more, he's the worse, worse than there, Yeah, he's the worst he's aspect of humankind. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a steal. rapist, he's a murderer, he's just a nasty piece of work. And child killer. But, yeah, and mm. his own child comes yeah. to that, yet he sees himself as a hero. Yeah. Yeah, they're certainly all flawed characters. Definitely, mm. definitely. That's a, unlike Superman and Batman and those type of superhero films, these you could believe as being real people. Yeah. Because they were complete with their own demons, and they were very nasty demons at that. One thing I was a little bit disappointed, we talk about backstory, but I thought they perhaps didn't need to do some of the backstory about the Minutemen, previous generation. It didn't really come into it that much, apart they from the mother. Yeah, and that, I think, was nicely covered in the opening titles. It was. To a certain extent. Which, were, I did, got to admit, were, I thought, exceedingly long. They were, because of all this back yeah. story, which didn't really have any bearing on the actual I, story. I honestly don't understand why Alan Moore walked off in a huff. He, he's got a uh, thing. He, he, Alan Moore seems to walk off all of his films. Yeah. Artistic yeah, temperament. Yeah. Mm. Talking about V for Vendetta, for me, I still prefer V for Vendetta over Watchmen. To a certain extent, I think Watchmen has been a bit overhyped. It's a good film, but it's not as good as, for me, V for Vendetta, not as good as the Batman remake. So, do we recommend people go and see this? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, but don't go in there expecting Superman. God, no. no. (laughs) It's far more adult. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Just a touch. The ravenous bug blatter beast of trial is a particularly nasty creature and under no circumstances should he be approached on a Tuesday or attempt to be fed fairy cake. Right, you lovely, lovely people, you've been writing again. Bless you. We have feedback. We do. Right, we've heard from DK from Dallas. Hello. Dalek killer? Hello. Dalek killer. He says, hello all. Hello. Hello. Thanks for the shout-out in the last cast. I was a bit surprised you took up my suggested topic so quickly, (laughs) but I greatly enjoyed the discussion. I particularly was fascinated by the distinction between acting and character that came up. I hadn't thought much about that, i.e. how much the quality of acting determines the perceived quality of the character. Sadly, for many reasons, not least of which being the writing, while vast swathes of old who certainly have good characters and um, good enough acting, (laughs) there really are only a few high points where great acting delivered great characters. You all had some inspired selections, with the issue of the horns of Naimon being perhaps the philosophical conundrum of the day. (laughs) I can't wait for the DVD review down the line. Horns of Naimon, discuss. Anyway, (laughs) since I came up with the topic, I thought I'd share my best one-off characters, split into decades for old Who and series for new Who. In coming up with the classic list, one thing that really struck me, aside from the regulars, there are appallingly few great women characters in the entire classic series. Mm. I decided to focus on the women for the new series list for this reason. 1960s Tobias Vaughan, The Invasion, I mean really, who else could it be? Nailed it in one word, Packer. I think it's more Packer. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that because I can't do that. 1970s Ivanov, Robots of Death, (laughs) withering wit under pressure and a truly (laughs) awesome awesome. hat. (laughs) 1980s, Morgus, The Case of Andrazani, a deliciously amoral villain and an incredible, almost postmodern performance by John Normington. New series, 
2005, Linda with a Y. <laughs> Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways. Annoying but earnest, and let's face it, heroic in the end. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. 2006, Renette, the girl in the fireplace. The first woman, as Rose is a girl at that point, <laughs> to steal the Doctor's heart. 2007, Sally Sparrow from Blink. Mm-hmm. Like Alice down the rabbit hole, somehow believing enough in impossible things. Yeah. 2008, River Song, Silence in the Library, The Forest of the Dead. Sold the idea of her past and the Doctor's future. The Moffat guy might have a future in television. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus pick for performance was Leslie Sharp as Sky or the Monster in Midnight. Yes. That's it for characters. How about best writers? Or for the new series, best writers not named Stephen Moffat. Keep up the excellent work. DK from Dallas. DK also gives us a link for the first episode of the Tim Anderson's Lion Share podcast, which is available on iTunes, and we'll put a link up for that. Mm. Who else have we got, El Presidente? Lizanne. Hello, Lizanne. Dear team, with a merry wave to the head of Pertwee. Oh, we we have to said wave hello now? to the head of Pertwee. Oh, we've got a wave now as well. Hello, hello head, head of, of Pertwee. Pertwee. Thanks for reading my email on the show last time. I shall try to make this one a larger font to save fake size. I'd just like to point out that El Presidente has printed it in six points so I can't read it yeah. I understand the problem I teach English and spend exorbitant amounts of time reading illegible essays apparently written by literate wolves <laughs> having admitted that though please forgive my run on sentences I'm off duty although one of my proudest Doctor moments was last school year one of my students looked at the red sneakers I was wearing and said look like Doctor Who miss he <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> showed me how successful and popular the new programme has become with our teenagers who as you noted last time are notoriously critical I'm pleased that Sarah and I agree about the terrifying 42 speaking of which in the Sunmakers when following the Doctor and Leela down to the lower levels K9 orders the elevator to send to wait for it level 42 no, of course <laughs> Yes, yet another reason Scardis should definitely read Hitchhiker's Guide. Also take a look at Starship Titanic, based on Adam's computer game and written by Terry Jones of Python fame. Stuff. Oh, for anyone who hasn't seen Sunmakers, I saw it for the first time this week. Okay, yes, I'm behind. It's definitely <laughs> worth the $8 or so from iTunes, and only for the lovely line by the Doctor after Leader walks into danger. Why don't you listen to me? Why don't you girls listen to me? Okay, so the sets are mostly square hallways, and the costumes look like they were borrowed from the guys who polished the tin man in the Wizard of Oz but the fourth Doctor and Leela are on top of their form and K-9 is both funny and very useful for a change plus Holmes gives us two brilliant characters to add to the one-off list Gatherer Hade who manipulates English language brilliantly in the grand tradition of Jago and the Pirates Captain and poor young Cordo who grows develops from a cog in a machine to the plucky little hero by the end of the story go him alright I've enthused enough one last thing to make you all laugh as I was watching TV on Monday night a car commercial came on nothing new and I was about to mute it until I heard what they were selling apparently Volkswagen makes a rutan now <laughs> well in an American accent guess what that sounded like and then he fell off the couch laughing perhaps they were trying to outdo their rivals great Hyundai Cyberman pants they were even green <laughs> the great work guys Lizanne thank you Lizanne thank you okay. and now we have one here from Eric in Alexandria Virginia Hello. Hello. Hello, Eric. Hello. Dear team and head of Pertwee. He's getting a lot of love tonight. Well, he is. <laughs> Just finished listening to podcast number 41, and it was, as always, thoroughly enjoyable. Yet again, you've all done very well. Oh, thank, well you. thank you. I enjoyed your discussion of being human, and I look forward to the day when it's available for those of us here in the States. Mm. 
Personally, I thought Russell Tovey could have been a decent doctor, so I am glad he has landed in something of such apparent quality. <laughs> the whole Tom Baker thing was very funny. Listening to him on the commentaries, he really does come off as utterly insane. Most amusing. He is. And he is, yes. <laughs> Even though I'm an American, though I was flattered by fake Keith's decision to make me a Canadian. They are so nice in Canada. Oh God, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can see and even agree with Crumbly's assessment of Doctor Who as the quintessentially British show. It's self-possessed, charming and very eccentric. That to me is very, very British. And now for this week's Who Picks. Most embarrassing moment, Old Who. Since I'm a fairly new arrival to the Old Who bandwagon, I've had to think about this in terms of what episode, moment, storyline, etc. Would I at least want any of my friends to see before they were totally hooked and it was too late for them to escape? <laughs> Good idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although the whole Doctor in Distress thing is very, very embarrassing. Oh, God, I'd forgotten that. <laughs> yeah. And while Warriors of the Deep reinforces every bad Who stereotype about men in rubber suits and wobbly sets, my vote has to go for The Web Planet. I oh. generally think it's a rather good and certainly ambitious story, but there are some truly terrible costumes in it. All except the Zabi, I would say. And there's a scene where a Zabi bumps into a camera and it wobbles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know there were budget and time limitations, but it hit the ca- blooming camera. Ugh. <laughs> Most pride-inducing old Who. Now, I know Pip and Jane Baker coming for a lot of criticism, but uh-huh. I happen to think that the mark of the is quite a good episode mm. yeah. yep. with a nicely doctorish doctor mm-hmm. a brilliant new villain in the Rani yep. and the master being put in his place by a much sharper mind and a knee in the groin yeah <laughs> you noticed that did you <laughs> Coming as it does in the middle of such a terrible period, it makes me feel proud to know that, even at its darkest hours, the true brilliance of Who can still shine through. Yeah. 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 Most embarrassing moment, New Who. Series 3. Yes, the entire series. This is going to be... I was truly terrified when I bought the uh, box set and started watching one so-so episode after another, with the exception of the brilliant Blink Uh and Utopia. Mm -hmm. Most of the episodes were merely fair to decent. I simply don't get all the hubbub about human nature and family of blood. Really? <laughs> See, I don't think they're that great myself. But... Ooh. Ooh. It's all coming out. Controversy, now. controversy. And there were some real clunkers. Daleks in Manhattan. Yes. Yep. And Evolution of the Daleks. Yes. Yep. The Lazarus Experiment. <laughs> and 42. <laughs> <laughs> Even the series finale. It's like an episode of the Clangers. This. <laughs> Even the series finale didn't quite grip me in the in the way I wanted it to. Plus, there's Martha Jones up there with Adric and Mel in the big book of rubbish companions. <laughs> oh, I think that's, that's a, a bit, bit harsh. harsh. Enough <laughs> said. Honourable mention goes to the Ninth Doctor's cringe-inducing line before he kisses the bad wolf out of Rose. I think you need a doctor. Insert vomiting sounds here. But that's thank for, you. That's for Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Most pride-inducing new who, the character of Captain Jack Harkness and the choice of John Barrowman. Yeah. (laughs) I know the shy retiring John Barrowman (laughs) is not everyone's favourite, but the concept of an openly gay man playing a pansexual action hero on a very popular family show is simply unheard of on this side of the pond. The fact that the whole thing is carried off with such aplomb and with such relatively little grumbling from the malcontents is really heartening and makes me proud to be a who fan. Well, did I really write all that? You did. (laughs) Anyway, keep up the good work, and I do hope you do a best worst one-off villains. Mm. I have the feeling the Zygons might feature somewhere. Ooh. Take care, Eric. Oh, Thank you. did, Eric, but didn't. they didn't. <laughs> right, there's two clever clogs out there in mm-hmm. podcast land who deciphered our subliminal message. Ooh. Scardis says, six oranges for a pound. That is quite a bargain. <laughs> well done. You don't get a prize. 
<laughs> Win says, oh, was that what the subliminal message was? You do realise that the whole point of subliminal is that the conscious mind doesn't notice it. Advertising it with nearly a fanfare kind of spoils the point. I think someone needs a little lie down. Win, sense of humour failure. <laughs> oh no, I feel a subliminal message coming on. And now, for your delicatation and interest, a subliminal message. Thank you. Gosh. End of subliminal message. I'm sorry, Wynn, we were very harsh on you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I do apologise. For that, I'll read your, your other letter out in my best voice. Dear team, you've all done reasonably well. Yeah. Great show last week, and I stand by my statement regarding American football. Bring them on. Mind you, getting mentioned as a regular by another correspondent was a bit weird. <laughs> Am I now part of the furniture? Hello, Head of Pertwee, by the way. Proudest new who moment. I have to agree and say it was when the fans spontaneously raised money for the hospice in memory of David Tennant's mum. Proudest yeah. old who moment. The five doctors. <laughs> for all its faults, the show gained a very high profile at the time of the anniversary, and whilst it still was wasn't cool to be a fan of Doctor Who, it was at least indulged. Most embarrassing new Who moment. Whenever the press picks up on fan discontent from the forums, they never pick the comments from reasoned, balanced fans, just the knee-jerk reaction from the Ming-Mongs. <laughs> and Wynne says, El Presidente, it's not even vaguely racist. I'm pretty sure there isn't a country called either Ming or Mong. I'm proud to live in multicultural Southampton. It's very sweet the way we all pull together. Brits, Poles, Muslims, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, Australian bar staff and gang up on the Eskimos but I'm drifting <laughs> most embarrassing old who moment warriors on the cheap yeah. what were they thinking <laughs> very well said Win. keep up the passable work Bod be with you, Win. Thank you very much for all your letters. Thank you. Mm. Yes, mm. Thank much you, appreciated. Yes. But we want more! More, <laughs> more letters! More? You're getting power crazed. I am. I am. It feels good. <laughs> so please write to us at show... At staggeringstories.net We read anything out. Yes. <laughs> We're not proud. Please. So that brings us, unfortunately, to the end of another podcast. Ah. But in the next one, there'll be more of the same, more news, more reviews, more who, old and new. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Where we're going, we don't need roads. You're very odd. You have been listening to a Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number four. Featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and real Keith Dunn. News expressed here, those a speaker don't necessarily represent those the other speakers or the side. No corporate infringement is intended, and this podcast is a fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. The words in this podcast has been spoken by trained linguists and should not be attempted by any amateurs without full medical assistance. <laughs>
I'm so glad. Oh, I, I can't do a Swedish accent. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad you've come. No, it ends up half Welsh. <laughs> well, mm, yeah. can't you do this, Keith? Can't, can't you be the girl? <laughs> I'll put a blonde wig on him. Why? <laughs> Can you suck chips up your nose? No. God. Chud. Chud. Dot com. Chud. Cinematic, Cinematic happenings. Under, I thought we were going to do that yeah, together. Okay. I'm sorry. One, two, three. Cinematic. Shut. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's really great. Oh yeah, yeah. Does the word tosser mean anything to you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go from the chud. Richard D'Angelo, isn't it? Three, two, one. It is technically possible to suck chips up your nose and eat them. If they're soggy enough. Hmm. Which takes us neatly into Attack of the Cybermen. I was in mid-burp. I'll do that again. It's like that George uh, George Bush sketch from Dead Ringers. (laughs) Yeah, where George Bush is standing there in his gym jams, and there's Afghanistan, Korea, and... um, Great Britain. Yeah, and... uh, Yeah, it says, right now, which country... Yeah, which is the odd one out? Yeah, remember the song, Mr. President? <laughs> one of these countries ain't like the others. One of these countries we don't bomb. <laughs> <laughs>